Welcome to A Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you download the free Living Truth app. Now, here's Pastor Michael's teaching in Job chapter 40 called Repentance and Restoration. Where we are tonight is in the book of Job. We're in chapter 40, and we're going to continue a verse-by-verse study through the book of Job that, interestingly enough, I was looking at my notes. We started a year ago. On April 3rd, 2019, we began a study in the book of Job, and we've done uh, Sunday and Wednesday services for as long as I can remember, and I remember when we were transitioning from one book to the other, and I was praying as I normally do, okay, Lord, what do you have next for us? And I had this sense that the book of Job was what God wanted us to study verse by verse, chapter by chapter, 42 chapters. And a lot of pastors will tell you that, you know, uh, they've heard uh, pastors preach on the first couple chapters and the last couple chapters of Job, but not the in-between chapters. And and I tell you, I'm, I'm not lauding myself or telling you that, I, you know, I can really tune into the voice of God. That's not what this is about. I was actually fighting God and saying, oh, Lord, are you sure you want me to teach the book of Job? (laughs) And I was also thinking, uh, when you have me teach a book, you usually want me to live the book. And that's that's a challenge. And then I was thinking about the people who come each and every Wednesday night and thinking about, you know, just 42 chapters of the book of Job. It could be, let's be honest, a bit of a bummer. It's, It's a tougher book. But little did I know that a year later, we would be in the situation that we're in now. And in some ways, if, if we could put it this way, and I know that, you know, we have to put this in the proper context, is that we'd be suffering or experiencing at least some Job-like suffering. And I, I will say for some people much more than others right now, and some are feeling, you know, the press of this more than others. I think of medical professionals that are on the front lines right now. I think of uh, some of our governmental leaders, and I even think of our fellow church leaders and pastors who uh, maybe feel some extra weight as this goes on with this coronavirus. But here we are in the book of Job. And before we jump into chapter 40 of the book of Job, right before the book of Psalms, if you're new to the book of Job, I want to acknowledge a family that has been with us. I think it's probably getting close to two decades now. We've been together, ministering together, watching our kids grow up. And that is the Coleman family. And Coleman's, if you're watching tonight, we wanted to send our blessing with you. We know you're relocating to Tennessee, and uh, we're excited for you. But we, I will tell you that there is going to be a gap in this ministry when you guys leave. And uh, I just want to tell you from the bottom of my heart how much your family has meant to uh, this church family, to my family personally, how you all have ministered to us, uh, shown the love of Christ and the an attitude of joy that um, is really, I've seen in very few people. Um, so I, I would just say to the whole Coleman clan, happy, happy trails as you go off to Tennessee. We will miss you, but we pray God's best for you. And we know exciting things are ahead as you relocate and just praying for traveling mercies and just want to say a big thank you from all of our Living Truth family. Well, tonight we're in the book of Job, and before we jump in, I'd like to pray if you join me in prayer, and then hopefully you have your Bible in front of you. Father, thank you so much that we can 
study the book of Job tonight, and we're going to look at these next several messages on Job's repentance and restoration. And boy, those words mean a lot to us because right now we've been praying 40 days of prayer. We're in the midst of it, and, and those are a couple of our R's, the idea of repenting and restoring. And here we are in the book of Job, and this is a very fitting title for the next several uh, times that we will look at this book. And we're coming to the close of the book, but we have some incredible stuff ahead of us and some stuff that really applies to our day. And so I pray that you would guide us, that you would speak to us, that you give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to your church, your people, to this nation and this world. May we hear your voice amidst all the voices that are talking right now, all the news that we can ingest, all the things that cause hope and fear. May we hear your voice ever more clearly in these days. And may we respond in faith and action. In Jesus' name I pray, and all God's people said, amen. I want to read you the opening paragraph of my notes from a year ago. It says, at one time or another, almost everyone has felt like Job. While going through trials and times of suffering, we are often overwhelmed by self-pity. We want an explanation for why God allows trials to happen to us. The book of Job records the troubling questions, the terrifying doubts, and the very real anguish of a sufferer. The book of Job can help us in the time when we are surrounded with troubles by giving us a glimpse of God's perspective on our suffering. On page two of the notes from a year ago, I recorded why study the book of Job for the same reasons we study any Old Testament book. Job is there to give us hope and encouragement and point us back to God in any and every circumstance and season of life. We need to face the reality of the fallen world in which we live. What are we to make of the problem of evil and of suffering? We will get some help in that endeavor tonight as we once again study the book of Job. And for those of you who are new to the study, I welcome you. For those of you who have been Wednesday nighters for many, many weeks uh, and looking forward to the conclusion of the book, welcome aboard. I was thinking of uh, some uh, 30 years ago now in May, my wife and I on Cinco de Mayo will celebrate 30 years of marriage. And uh, one of the songs that was played at our first dance was Louis Armstrong sang it. He, I don't think he wrote it, but he sang it. And it's the song, What a Wonderful World. He sang these treasured words. I see trees of green, red roses too. I see them bloom for me and you. And I say to myself, what a wonderful world. I see skies of blue and clouds of white, bright sunny days and dark sacred nights. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. The colors of the rainbow are so pretty in the skies, are also on the faces of the people walking by. I see friends shaking hands saying, how do you do? They're really saying, I love you. I see babies cry. I watch them grow. They'll learn much more than I'll never, I'll ever know. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. Yes, I think to myself, what a wonderful world. And oh, yeah. It's touching, isn't it? And it's true. The world around us is a wonderful world. 
but it is a cursed world. And the reason that we have the issues that we have is because we sinned against God. Our first parents sinned. We all are represented in Adam and in Eve. The wonderful world that God made is affirmed by the writer of Genesis when he records God saying, it was good, Genesis 1, 10, 12, 18, 21, and 25. And God said it was good. It was good. It was good. The word good is pleasant, agreeable, excellent, valuable, beautiful. It's a wonderful world. Ash in his commentary on Genesis says, the problem is this. Yes, it's a wonderful world. And yet it is also a world touched by terrible evil. It is a world where a cultured man may listen to Mozart while being a commandant of an extermination camp at Dulcin and Ravensbrück. A world where the beauty of sex may be twisted into infidelity and abuse. A world where the wonder of man's technology or technological wizardry is used in the service of mass destruction. It is a world in which blameless Job suffers. A man who is righteous, a man whose righteousness is lauded among just a few people in the Bible, like with a Daniel and others. And now Job is in the midst of a whirlwind of suffering. And he's been asking questions. And most of his questions have to do with how God runs the universe and why what is happening to him is happening to him. And he senses in his spirit that he has become the enemy of God, that God has made Job his enemy. And he doesn't know why because he has lived his life in trying to honor God. God, at the end of the opening speech that he gave to Job about his running of the universe, said these words. This is Job 40, verses 1 through 6. The Lord said to Job, Will the fault finder, Job 40, verse 2, contend with the Almighty? Let him who reproves God answer it. If you have a New Living Translation, Job 40, verse 2 says, Do you still want to argue with the Almighty? You are God's critic, but do you have the answers? I was thinking to myself, uh, just in trying to catch up with the news and the daily reports that the president is given, giving and the task force are giving. Can you imagine right now being the president? I know some people, you know, have this wish of being the guy in charge, the, the guy who could, you know, run this great country of the United States of America. But some experts have said that President Trump finds himself between literally a rock and a hard place because he wants to protect the safety of America and the health of Americans. And at the same time, he realizes with the economists that we need to get the economy going. And so there is a tension. And, you know, as the days go by, it's a very real tension of trying to find this proper balance. And it's a hard balance to find. And it's a reason, it's one of many reasons why we should be praying for those who lead us, for President Trump, Vice President Mike Pence. And I will tell you that recently I heard Mike Pence quoted that there are more Bible studies happening in the White House than perhaps have ever happened in the U.S. history. So there is a move of God even happening in the White House. And I don't know every detail of that. And I know everybody you know, who walks the face of this planet is an imperfect person. But for the task force, for our governors, for our doctors who are fighting on the front lines, for nurses, for scientists, the list could go on. Let's try to be positive instead of being critics. 
You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Pastor Michael Lance and the Walk in Truth team would like to invite you to our next 633 event, One Nation Under God, How America's Christian Heritage Shaped Our Country, with guest Lenny Esposito, president of Come Reason Ministries. At this free event, we will explore how Christianity played an essential role in shaping this country and how the current push toward a post-Christian culture will mean a fundamentally different America. One Nation Under God will be on July 11th at 6.33 p.m. at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California. Or you can watch online on our YouTube channel. Learn more about 633's One Nation Under God when you visit walkintruth.com and click on events or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH or visit walkintruth.com. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. The list could go on. Let's Try to be positive instead of being critics. And I will add that President Trump had uh, Mike uh, Lindell, the, the My Pillow guy, speak. I think it was at the Rose Garden. He was an invited guest. He's transformed his pillow making plant here in the U.S. into making, I think it's masks or respirators. And uh, he was there and he did add that America needs to start reading the Bible. He encouraged people to read the Bible and he got by some of the usual suspects criticized for it. This is not a time to be criticizing reading the Bible, my friends. The Bible is at the foundation of the country in which we all live. And though the people who came here and established, you know, the foundations of this nation uh, were like all of us were imperfect people, they had a desire to worship the, the Lord in spirit and in truth and with freedom. God forbid that we mock God at a time like this. We need to not do that. We need to come back to our foundations. Job answered the Lord, verse 3, and said, Behold, I am insignificant. What can I reply to thee? I lay my hand on my mouth. That was the end of last week's message. Once I have spoken, and I will not answer, even twice, and I will add no more. Then the Lord answered Job out of the storm and said. Now, in the earlier speech, when God uh, argues about his running of the universe and begins asking Job questions, he talks about how he governs the, the universe. And the Lord, the Lord spoke to Job out of the whirlwind. Now he speaks to Job out of the storm. And the whirlwind and the storm are two metaphors, two pictures of power. They represent uh, power and even darkness and that which can be unpredictable and even cause damage and uh, hardship. And so Job has been sobered and silenced by the first speech, the questions that have come at him about the inanimate and animate world. He's been humbled, but some scholars say not quite humbled to the point of repentance. In fact, in chapter 42, Job is going to repent and retract the words that he said. He's not going to repent because of some sin he was sinning against God that brought this upon him. That was not Job's situation. 
He's going to repent for the words that he's spoken in the midst of the trial. And I will say to you, and I'm saying this to me, in the midst of the trial, we have questions and we may even become critics of the Most High God, but we need to be careful because God is holy and God is a righteous judge and God will judge. Verses 1 through 5 of Job 40 are transitional verses, if you will. They kind of conclude God's first speech and lead into God's second speech. We have said that in God's questions, there are also answers. We have to look a little deeper to hear the answers within the questions that God poses to Job and to us. And Job may not have found all the answers in the question that he was looking for, in the questions that God gave him that he was looking for. But he was getting the answers that God wanted him to hear. I'll give you an example. This is in Luke 13. And you can turn there if you'd like, Luke 13. Uh, a question was asked of Jesus about a happening in his day. And uh, here's what it says. This is Luke 13, verse 1. It says, Now on the same occasion there were some present who reported to Jesus about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mixed with their sacrifices. Luke 13, 2. And Jesus said to them, Do you suppose that the Galileans, these Galileans were greater sinners than all other Galileans because they suffered this fate? I tell you, no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Luke 13, 4. Do you suppose that those 18 on whom the tower in Siloam fell and killed them were worse culprits than all the men who live in Jerusalem? I tell you no, says Jesus. But unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. And when people brought the question to Jesus about the problem of evil, some contemporary events that happened in his day, they, they asked Jesus about this, and Jesus didn't even answer the why question. And that's what we often want to know. We want to know why these things happen. We want to know, did God cause it? Is God allowing it? If he's caused it or allowed it, why? That's where we tend to kind of sit. We dwell on the why. When things personally are going wrong, we say, why is this happening? Or what did I do to deserve this? But is it possible, and this is in my notes, that when we get a fresh look at God in the midst of a trial, we find that we've been asking all the wrong questions. See, maybe, just maybe, brethren, those of you who may be considering the Christian faith, maybe our trials in a unique way get us to look at life and questions differently. See, what we tend to focus on is our world and the things that are happening to us, but our trials widen our scope. They often give us a new, fresh look at God. Maybe they help us to realize who God actually is, that yes, God is love, but God is also holy. In Isaiah 6, when the angels are praising God day and night, they sing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Before Job officially repents and God restores him in chapter 42, God is going to bring to Job's attention two great monstrous creatures. God has moved through the inanimate world of the sun and the stars and the lightning and the storm and the rain and the snow. He's moved into some animate creatures in the wild uh, kingdom, and we've looked at some of those. And now he's going to talk about two creatures that you may have heard about before, 
They are called Behemoth and Leviathan. Now tonight we will end with Behemoth at the end of this sermon and we'll look into Leviathan in our next message. What are these creatures? There's been debate if you read commentaries on the book of Job, if you listen to those who comment on scripture or maybe even have a scientific background, different views on Behemoth and Leviathan. But I will tell you this, these two great monstrous and maybe even mysterious creatures represent something like this. They represent dark strength and incredible untamed power. The Lord is the greatest power of all, represented in the storm and the whirlwind. But these two great creatures may well represent evil and that which is untamable in the world. And this is where Job has been struggling personally, and you may be as well. The things that are out there, the things that lurk in the darkness, uh, the virus has been called, this coronavirus has been called this unseen enemy. It's like, you know, we're all trying to go extra measures and we should to, to protect ourselves and our health, but it's this weird unseen enemy that we're trying to defeat and understand. You've been listening to Repentance and Restoration, part one on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's teaching in Job chapter 40. If you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on our free Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, just a reminder that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your donation helps us broadcast on this station and provide the podcast for free. It's also part of how we're able to offer our 633 apologetic events for free as well. There's a lot going on behind the scenes to help create this radio podcast program too. So we're very grateful to our financial partners and our prayer partners. Seriously, thank you very much. Now, if you're a longtime listener of Walk in Truth, would you please consider becoming a monthly partner of $5 a month? Every bit helps, so please pray about it and then visit walkintruth.com to donate. If you can't give right now, would you please consider becoming a prayer partner? You can sign up for that and just keep this ministry in your prayers. But if you can give a donation, please visit walkintruth.com today. Now, here's Pastor Michael with a final word before we go. Well, as we deal with repentance and restoration, some of you may be thinking, why would Job need to repent of anything? I mean, didn't this book start off with a guy trying to do the right thing and Satan ends up in heaven? And was this some sort of bet just to see what would happen to Job? No, no, it's much deeper than that. See, this was about revealing the gospel. The greater Job, his name is Jesus. But you say, well, what did Job do wrong? Well, he did fine at the beginning, but then what he needed to repent of is his wrong thinking about God and some of the things that he said, accusations, as we've already studied them. That's what he needed to repent of, what he did in the midst of suffering. Now, you might say, well, give me a break, man. The dude was suffering this terrible stuff. It's true. He was. But he still needed to make some things right because he got some things wrong. And that's what we need to do because we're not God. And yes, it's true. When I'm suffering and having a bad day and it feels like the world's against me, I can think and say some stupid things. Maybe you've done that lately. Maybe you've heard this message and you're like, man, in the last, whatever the time it is, I've said and done some stupid things. I've even, maybe you shook your fist at heaven. What do I do now? 
the the God in whom I've put my trust, what, what if he doesn't make sense to me? What do I do now? Repent of it. That's what Job is doing. See, repentance is a change of mind. It's a change of heart. It's a change of thinking and direction. And that's what Job needs to do. He needs to shift his thinking. And God's using questions and revelation about himself to do that. And that's how we change our thinking too. We get into God's word. We let it be a searchlight into our souls. We let it ask us questions. We see how we measure up. And then we amend our ways to God's because God is God. And he is good. And I know this can be tough sometimes. And hey, if you need prayer or if you have a question, just need a pastor to hear you out. We're available to you at 844-48-TRUTH. Normal business hours, 9 to 4, Pacific time, Tuesday through Friday, 844-48-TRUTH. Hey, if you have a prayer request, you can ask it through our website when you go to walkintruth.com. Hey, if you're new to the broadcast, this is Pastor Michael. We're going through the book of Job. It's been a profound, deep, wonderful time. I pray you've benefited from even this single message. If you're just jumped on board for the first time, we have some newer uh, radio stations that have come on board and new listeners seemingly every day. We're so grateful for what God's doing. Hey, keep us in prayer. And Lord willing, we'll be back here for part two in Job 40 on repentance and restoration. We'll see you right here. God bless you. And join us tomorrow on the station for Pastor Michael Lance's teaching in Job chapter 40 called Repentance and Restoration. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.